Welcome to Friday Follow-Up or Follow-Up Friday, the podcast brought to you by Equine Devil's Advocate. The sun is shining again here today, but yes, the seasons, they are changing, as have the clocks. Every year we say, oh, why must they do this? Whose idea was it anyway? Well, let me tell you, it was actually a horse rider. Can you believe it? Way, way back in 1907, a man called William Willett, who was a keen horse rider, noticed how many blackened windows there were to keep the summer sunshine out so that people could sleep. And he was incensed at the waste of daylight hours in the summer mornings. So there you have it. It was Mr. William Willett. Now, on Monday, we asked you the question, do opinions and judgments help or hinder you? So, very many thanks for your responses. It does seem that we have a a sort of a baseline of replies from the Koya camp, very much sort of seeing both sides, and then they sort of diverge over to hot stuff and biscuit fairly equally. There are a couple of emphatic sort of yes and no's. Um, So here we are. Here's a few from the Koya camp. One lady replied, I agree. Opinions can be both positive and negative. Positive opinions tend to give us confidence, whilst negative opinions reduce our resilience. Maybe we need to listen to both and make our own analysis with an open mind and look for the positives. Another lady wrote in and said, Opinions for me both help and hinder. They push me to achieve and make me second-guess myself. I think how the opinion is given can matter a lot. And here's another one. I'm not sure whether opinions and judgments are beneficial. I don't think they are regarding a horse because they can cloud your judgment and about how you train and work with that horse. However, people's opinions of me greatly influence how I react to things and can push me forward. People think I'm brave, so I carry that persona. Personally, I try not to make judgments and give opinions on people and horses as I think it taints what is really there. And then from the Hot Stuff camp, we had... Although I try not to make judgments and give opinions, I do apply them to myself, which is definitely not helpful. It clouds my judgment when I need an open mind and creates all sorts of problems. There's another one from the Hot Stuff Camp. For me, she says, it's a difficult one because opinions and judgments from other people can put me off track. That confuses me and creates a loss of confidence in my intuition. So I end up, I find myself, I can sit in no man's land and not go anywhere. So for me, definitely a hindrance. But I will say, also, it depends on how they are put forward and by whom. If I can relate to the person giving their opinion then possibly it's of benefit. Thank you for that comment. This is another really emphatic one from the Hot Stuff Camp. 
It's a lady who says they hinder in capital letters. Actually, this this story is it's not horsey related in response, um, but it's absolutely fascinating. Um, she describes from working as a caregiver. There was one particularly elderly lady. She says no one would go in. They said she was nasty and moaning. Of course, I then made the judgment I would not, could not like her. When I got there, she looked miserable and just grunted when I made her a cup of tea. I sat with her and chatted in a cheerful voice about my children and what they were getting up to. Gradually, she began to open up and join in. At the end of my time with her, she said, "You are the first carer to treat me like a person, not a client. Please come again." Then she gave me a lovely smile. Not only with her mouth, but with her eyes. What a lovely, lovely lady! If we can look deeper into someone's soul, we can find different things. So don't make a judgment on first appearance or what others say. It can only hinder you. That is such a great response. Thank you so much. And here at Equine Devil's Advocate, we say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this absolutely does apply to horses. Then we have those that have come from the biscuit camp, the truly pro camp. Uh, there was actually two ladies together who said, practically in unison, "We feel it's like constructive criticism. You can take it, or you can leave it." If you're never told you're doing something wrong, how can you ever change? So it's got to be a help. That's probably a very valid point. Thank you very much for that. And here's another one for you from the Biscuit Camp. She says, "Hi, Biscuit. As I'm sure many other people will have found, I have received hundreds of helpful opinions throughout the years, especially when it came to my misbehaving, stubborn." Thug of an Irish sport horse who came into my world and heart in 2003 as an opinionated six-year-old. I could sit here all day or longer, regaling tales of all the hideous things he did to me and how many people helpful, helpfully told me to get rid of it. What people failed to understand was that getting rid of him was not an option. I saw something special in this horse, and in my mind, I needed to fix him, to let others see that heart, that heart that was in there somewhere. Granted, there were countless times when I sat wherever he had flung me, sobbing my heart out and wishing I could find a perfect home for him. But that was never going to happen, and I always picked myself back up and started again. For a while, we had an instructor who was the stereotypical blue rinse pony club lady. She terrified the both of us. Murph was chased with an umbrella, tied down with bits of baling twine, but still he wouldn't be told. I decided to try a lovely man called Jeff, who had taught me previously. He wasn't known for his style or technical stuff. He has many famous sayings. One of which was, "I don't care what you look like; you just need to get from one side of the jump to the other whilst remaining on the horse and leaving the jump intact." 
His nickname is One Jump Jeff because of his reluctance to lug about a lot of poles. <laughs> we like the sound of him. So, whilst the Pony Club lady was still telling me I wasn't allowed to do any more than trot, as neither myself nor Murph were apparently capable, I sneakily booked a jumping lesson with Jeff. He was a breath of fresh air. Finally, someone who saw a glimmer of hope. A grid was promptly erected and off we went. The spread coming out of the grid was getting bigger and bigger and Murph just locked on and found an enthusiasm I had never felt in him before. It was amazing. Jeff just turned to me and said, Wow, that os can jump. I'll never forget that moment. Although it took many years of dedication and perseverance and invaluable help from many other people, that was our first glimpse of light at the end of the tunnel. Many years later, in 2012, we were at Hickstead just to do some 1 meter and 1 meter 10 classes. I had a slight crisis of confidence a few days before leaving and so hired an arena to have a practice session. En route to that arena, I remembered that Jeff lived near and called him on the off chance that he was around and would just pop over and help me. He was. His advice was that Murph is a hunter. Let him run at them. Don't worry about the strides. It doesn't matter to him. So off we went. We jumped our first ever 1 meter 20 course there and qualified for, get this, the championships in the main international arena. Who would have thought it? Well, Jeff did. Years later, I bumped into the Pony Club lady at a wedding. I showed her proudly the photos of Murph and told her what he'd been up to. She was genuinely shocked, but pleased for me. She turned to her husband and said in her strong Scottish accent, I have never in my life met such a stubborn, opinionated horse as that one. But look at him now. Well, big thank you to Claire and Murph for that fabulous insight into your challenges and not only that, into your success. It's a, a, a great story. So come on, people. Don't be shy. Tell us your story. What's your opinion and your thoughts? You can leave comments on Facebook, Podbean, and of course the website, which is www.equinedevilsadvocate.com. It's all one word. Now, in this regard, I have a little story to tell you too. I was actually at a dinner party with some friends in a part of England called Exmoor. Over supper, as we all chatted, someone asked one lady, How was your ride today? Ah, she said, Exmoor is just beautiful. For years I've wanted to ride here. I just wish I had had a better horse. Oh, really, was the response from around the table as we paused, knives and forks poised over our food. Why, we asked, and so she continued. Well... I must say, it was jolly kind of her to lend me her horse, but it was so 
slow. I wanted to keep up with Nancy's horse so we could chat, but no, it just kept hanging back. I thought I might pluck a small branch just to chivy it up a little bit, use it as a little crop, but no, it just pinned its ears back and scowled and swished its tail. So obstinate. Going downhill, it stopped every two or three strides. Couldn't care less that Nancy had disappeared down the narrow track and round a corner out of sight. We could all detect the immense frustration in her voice. Every wet patch of ground, it stopped and it sniffed. Then it picked its way around. I actually thought at one point it was thirsty. So we decided to head for the river at Tar Steps. The water there is beautifully crisp and clean. It went into the river okay, but then it wouldn't come out. I got stuck in a fast torrent of water under the overhanging branches, and there it stood. It literally parked itself and wouldn't budge. Ripples of laughter went around the table, and someone said, What did you do? Well, she said, Nothing. And then suddenly it decided to wade its way about 30 yards upstream. It clambered up the bank on the opposite side. Nancy said, where are you going? I shouted back, no idea, it's the flipping horse. Well, Nancy had no choice but to follow and catch me up. And then we found ourselves on this tiny, tiny deer track in a woodland glade, surrounded by snowdrops and bluebells, and it parked itself again. There was no room for Nancy to get past. In fact, there was nowhere to go, so we were both stuck, Nancy and I. More laughter from around the table. And so she continued. Then it decided it turned around. I've no idea how, and walks back into the river wading downstream and back the way we've come in. We did have to laugh, but really, I've ridden most of my life and a horse with this attitude I cannot tolerate. Nancy and I then decided that we'd better stay away from the river. Clearly, it could end up in disaster. So we made our way back up to the moors to see if we could find some grazing stags. It took forever stopping trying to eat everything it could dodging left and right around dark patches of ground oh my goodness I couldn't tell it anything it just got grumpy there was more laughter from around the table and somebody asked well did you actually get to see the stags oh yes she said eventually but when we did, it parked itself again, wouldn't budge, truffling away on some gauze bush. Nancy set off in a smartish canter to follow the young stags as they started to move. Not me. I just had to wait there till she came back. How we laughed. She went on to say, it was actually very kind of the owner to loan it to me for the day. But if ever anyone offers me a horse called Ziggy, I will flat out decline. 
it was actually such a fun evening and we did laugh and we thoroughly sympathised with her tale of this exasperating horse called Ziggy. Be warned about that one. Now, not five days later, a lady called into my yard inquiring if I had a vacancy for her mare. She had a holiday cottage not half a mile up the road and remarked that she had often seen me riding through the village on weekends. And although she kept her horse on Exmoor, she was really hoping to be able to find somewhere that was closer to her home. As it happens, I did actually have a vacancy. So I said, yes, tell me about her. I actually meant her size, her care requirements, her dietary needs, that sort of thing. But this is what she said. Oh, I owe her my life, my sanity. I work in London and I've recently been promoted to a very senior position in the law department. It is extremely stressful and I also have a lot of social expectations that I have to meet. I live for the weekends. She is my sanity, my reset button. I just love to hack, to breathe the fresh air and she is amazing. I don't have to ride, I can just relax and be. And she takes me. She is so careful. She knows exactly where the best ground is. I know she can smell the bogs. And she walks around them. I trust her so much, especially with the steep hills. They actually frighten me. I don't think I would ride down them on any other horse. She will stop and she will wait till I catch my breath and rebalance myself. In fact, most of the time, I actually have my eyes shut and I'm as tense as a rubber ball. But she'll stop and she'll wait. Then I can relax a bit and breathe. And then slowly and carefully, on she goes. Do you know, she's so, so, so good. She never gets excited or caught up if there are passing riders cantering about you know behind me or in the distance or even just in front of me I'm not that brave that's not why I ride when I take my camera she will graze quietly while I take my pictures in fact she will actually stand in the river right underneath the branches and I can just drop my reins and I can take some amazing shots real close up of the kingfishers catching fish at tar steps she's so willing to explore do you know we found the most stunning glade of snowdrops and bluebells i don't think anyone else even knows it's there the fragrance is mind-blowing when we go there my week just oh washes away and i feel i feel like myself again And the stags, oh, the stags, you must see some of my close-up shots. She is so clever. How she allows me to get so close. Do you know, she drops her head and forages. She just nibbles on the gorse and the heather bushes and then slowly, slowly moves closer to the stags. She knows exactly when they're on alert and fearful and when they're relaxed and don't feel in any way threatened. This lady, standing before me, extolling all the virtues of her fabulous horse, 
took a huge, big breath, the most relaxing sigh, and sort of visibly was unwinding in front of my very eyes. And she said, Do you know, my heart, it just melts even talking about her. She is my world. In fact, no one in the office ever even asks me how I am. All they ever ask is, How is Ziggy? They know if she's all right, then I'm all right. My dear, sweet, sweet Ziggy. So, yes, people, you have guessed it. I am talking about the same horse, the exact same horse. How different we all are, how much we all have the same passion, yet as individuals, we do not all have the same want. We do not strive for the same, and we do not all appreciate the same. So tell us, what's your story? What does your horse bring to you? Do you know, there's a very old English saying, and it goes like this One man's scrap is another man's gold. And speaking of gold, join us here at Equine Devil's Advocate on Monday, for I'm going to tell you the story of the curse. Of Tutan Carmoon. Till then, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, take care and we will speak soon.